<laughs> hey, Malik. What up, Vaughn? How are you doing? Oh, man. I'm feeling awesome. You know, guys, there is some power <clears throat> about having good friends because before we started, I was telling Vaughn, I'm over it. And literally, <laughs> we talked for about 15 minutes, just caught up, just exchanged some energy. And now I'm the upbeat bitch that I know <laughs> I always could be need to be yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's right well i'm i'm happy that i was able to you know brian that's you know really what i strive to do for the most part people probably think you know people think i'm a little messy because of twitter or whatever but i really do like like to brighten people's day i like to make them feel good i also like you know like to read people if they deserve it but that's not what we're here for we're here to have a good time and we hope you guys are having a wonderful day, a wonderful weekend, a wonderful night, a wonderful morning, whatever it is, um, whenever you're listening to this. Uh, I want to first start out just by saying thank you guys so much for all the support um, you sh- are, you guys show us on a weekly basis, especially you, Sean. Shout out to you. Um, and our last episode, like our last episode did really well and got a lot of traction and a lot of interaction. And for a small podcast, especially because I don't really feel comfortable super pushing the podcast on my Twitter. Um, I have a, it's my Jamaican pride. I don't, you know, feel really weird being like, listen to me, but, um, shout out to everyone that's listening, that's interacting, that's finding us, you know, wherever you're finding us and following us and, you know, interacting. We really do appreciate that. Yeah. Seriously. Seriously. Someone like ran up on me. Um, my friend Patrick was like, Malik, I've listened to your podcast. I'm subscribed. So it's just, (laughs) it's just amazing just seeing like people are listening and they're liking it and they appreciate what we have to say so again thank you for listening because y'all really don't have to and you guys you know but we really appreciate that those that do um those that share that those that tell their friends that post it on their social media that um you know engage in the conversations all of that really does mean a lot to us yeah um so thank you for that um and with that being said Malik, how have you been since last week's episode? I mean, since last week's episode, I've been awesome. Um, you know, I had some friends over last weekend for brunch. For those who don't, who don't know, I'm like the brunch king. I love cooking. I love <laughs> entertaining people at my house. It's just like one, one of my favorite pastimes. It just brings me so much joy. Entertaining, having cocktails, being festive. So I had some fresh cut flowers, some roses, and some gladiolas, and some baby's breath, and we, uh-huh. we did it up. So I had brunch, and then, you know, me and my boo thing, uh, we spent the weekend together like like we, uh-huh. like we have been doing for the past few weeks. So my weekend was pretty fucking festive. Um, my grandparents came in town from Savannah, which is awesome. And me and my grandfather, we just had the most, um, I guess, delightful conversation about just how <laughs> about how people are jealous uh <laughs> generally but um uh, that's funny it, it was just hilarious mm-hmm. but overall my weekend was nice and um yeah i, I, I kind of just spent it just responding to people about the podcast and just having conversations and just being upbeat Vaughn, how was your week uh my week has been good um getting situated at work as always I'm so happy because my job finally hired uh, another manager. Yay! So I'm finally gonna get back to my old shit. You know, I swear I put it out there and it just came to me. You know, I put it out there last week that I'm sick and tired of working the PM shift. 
and um, luckily they had another manager for the PM shift because I wasn't hired to work the PM shift. I was hired for the AM shift, but the PM manager left. <laughs> so they were like, you know, you got to work the PM shift, but um, they've hired someone now, but I've been good. I've genuinely, I've retrograde is over. And then, let me tell you, I didn't, I'm not like, okay, I am into the whole Zodiac thing, but I'm not super, super into it. Um, so I didn't even know we were in retrograde until I tweeted. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I'm having such a bad week. And someone was like, well, we're in retrograde. Um, so that's over. And ever since then, I have been just wonderful. So shout out to retrograde leaving. Um, <laughs> don't come back. <laughs> um, no one is looking for you. No one needs you to, to show your, your face ever again. Um, but no, I've had a good week. Someone at work told me that they, well, at work, since I'm new at my, my company, I don't really use, I haven't really met everyone or talked to everyone as yet. Um, and I had to use the radio for the first time to, to uh, request something on a different channel than we normally use for housekeeping. And like four of the front office people came up to me and was like, oh my God, I love your voice. And I was like, in my head, I was like, wait, did y'all hear me sing somehow? And they were like, no, I didn't ask that, but I was like, what do you mean? And they were like, oh, just you know, your talking voice over the radio. Your voice sounds really good over the radio. And then one of the girls I work with was like, yeah, I love your voice. And I was like, that's strange. Because I, I mean, I know every everyone like hates their own voice. I know that's a thing. So I definitely like, <clears throat> I'm always like, I wish my voice sounded a little, you know, cooler. But apparently people like it. So shout out to those people. You, you, you have a um, real cool, like, you know, easy breezy radio, kind of sexy, sultry voice. Yeah. Thank you. So sultry. sultry. Come on, Anita Baker. Yeah. I'm Anita Baker by the throat. Oh my! Listen, Pete, <laughs> Pete, you, you can't be Anita Baker and Wendy Kelly. <laughs> I'm Anita Kelly, ho. <laughs> <laughs> Anita Kelly. <laughs> um, but no, seriously. I've, no, I've had a good week. I hope it continues to be good. Counting down to my nephew coming. Counting down to my birthday. Your birthday. My birthday is coming October fifteenth. Bring the gifts, sit them on. <laughs> it's legal. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited. Like I feel like the year is gonna end really, really well for all of us, and just, you know, I'm, I, I feel good. I, I feel, feel good. good. Dun, 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 I dun, feel nice. All right. Oh, you took it somewhere else. Never been so. <laughs> stop. Anyway, let's get into the show and <laughs> stop acting silly. So, Malik, you want to take? Get it together. Get people. it together. Get it together. So you guys, recently I was in an Uber uh, just last Sunday, and I was leaving yoga, coming home, um, and I got in the I got in the Uber pool with this girl, and she was on the phone, just like going on and on and on about just how she's having some kind of disagreement with a friend and I was really trying so hard to tune her out but she was so loud like she would not shut up I know the driver was sick of her and <laughs> she was going on and on about how um, apparently there's some kind of disagreement between her and the girl and she tells her friend you know I hope the girl's not out here throwing dirt throwing dirt on my name because I would hate to have to let everyone know how much of a trifling bitch she is. And so the girl's talking about another friend to a friend on the phone. And, you know, she just kept saying over and over through our conversation that she didn't care. You know, well, I really don't care about her. I just, you know, don't want her talking bad about me. You know, I just don't have to expose her for who she really is. And I just think that 
from listening to her conversation, like after I got out of the car, I was like, wow, it's really hilarious that we're so trained to ignore our feelings and, and, and like in only turn in spite to like hurt someone else with our pains. Like, obviously this girl has a problem with another girl, but instead of her just it's simply like acknowledging that, Hey, sis, I'm hurting sis. What you did to me is bothering me. She would much rather get on the phone with another friend and scream that, there's a siren there yeah, uh, okay. and scream that <laughs> she doesn't care. But when actually she does care and she cares a whole lot, she cares a whole lot. You guys, and the thing is we care a whole lot. And so the, the real question is, why is that? What's going to happen from just telling your friend that what he or she, that what he or she said to you, it hurt you. Um, you know, if we're really truly bothered by what that person said and if we're not bothered by what they're potentially saying about us then why does then why do we need to tell people how trifling the other person is like only people who are really bothered by someone else feel, feel like they need to make it announce, their, it. announce yeah. it and make it their job to go and expose someone <clears throat> for whatever wrongdoing that they did do to you so let's just talk about how trifling you are and how delayed you are that you have to resort you know what? to like that kind of childish behavior You're like these people don't even know how to communicate and you rather tell someone else but the person you have smoke with what your issue is like stop acting like you're this like stop acting like you're this strong stone wall of a bitch because you're oh not God. because if you were a stone wall bitch you wouldn't have smoke because it would be you would be so unbothered by they whatever have lit your fire, sweetie. Yes, like it wouldn't even it would not even lit your fire. So like, stop acting like you don't care because you do care. And here's the thing, people: when you act like you don't care, do you know what happens? You change. You forget who you mm. are. You lose your voice. You can't because speak. Because it's performative. Because it's performative. And you spend so much time masking your pain with mess, confusion, and illusion that you don't even know what the fuck is happening anymore because you've been so silent masking your feelings the entire time. You know, in yoga, we have this thing where it says, like, we all have our own illusion. And the only way that we can get past our maya, our illusion, is if we speak what the facts are. And... When you're so stuck in your own illusion, like, it literally becomes, like, obviously they say perception is reality, but mm-hmm. everything that we perceive is not really happening to us. A lot of the shit is that we're making up. So it's just was really interesting that it's like, wow, sis, you're spending so much time harping over this girl that you say you don't care about, but she's literally ruining your whole day. <laughs> after, after she hung up the phone with the girl... She looks over to me and was like, so you just love yoga? I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh, you must have a six-pack. I'm like, what? <laughs> I, I looked at her and I was like, I have the body that I have and I like it. All in all, Ooh. you guys, my get it together this week Do is... You... <laughs> all in all, it's like, acknowledge your feelings. Stop acting. Stop pretending like shit is not bothering you because it is. It is bothering you, sis. It is making you upset. And Do this, you watch Real Housewives of New York? I don't watch Real Housewives oh of New God. York. Oh my God. This is literally everything you're saying right now is what's... Oh, okay. This is for the people that watch. This is for the people that watch Real Housewives of New York. This is literally what's happening between Bethany Frankel, who I stand for, and um, <laughs> <laughs> and Carol Radziwell, who used to be like her best, best friend. And like, Bethany was at this point in her life where she was at like a super, super low. She was going through her divorce. Um, her ex-husband was treating her like trash and trying to like 
take everything that she had worked for. And he was just being vile and awful to her, like stalking her, like all this random shit. And she and that's when she and Carol met, right? Carol didn't have much going on for her. She was kind of new to the whole Housewives of New York thing. She was a writer. Her husband had passed away from year, you know, years ago, and she really wasn't didn't have much going on occupying her time. She's one of those like wealthy white women that like don't have to work, so they don't really do anything. You know, just kind of shop or exist. <laughs> you know, and you know, exist very grand. But a true exist. lady of leisure. Um, right, a lady. That's it. A lady of leisure. Um, so anyway, she and Bethany became friends. And of course, Bethany, who was like spiraling and in the worst, you know, par- um, space of her life, poured everything into Carol. And like Carol, I guess, was looking for someone to occupy her time and her space. And Bethany became that person. And they be- they both became each other's best of friends, you know, because Bethany was at, was at the super low and needed someone. And Carol, like, didn't have anyone or anything going on. So she could be that someone for Bethany. Um and then Bethany, you know, time goes on, the divorce gets cleared up, and Bethany gets to kind of, like, back to being herself, right? And Bethany is booked, <laughs> like, literally booked. She has multiple companies. She's, you know, a multimillionaire. She's worth, like, three or $400 million, something like that. Um, she, she's over Skinny Girl. Like, she's yeah. she's running, a, a, you know, a, a business. Yeah. And um, so, of course, she gets back to doing that. She kind of gets out of her the, the hole that, she would, that Carol helped her get out of. Um, and ironically... Carol started going into her own little hole because the boy that she was dating, she, him and, you know, they kind of broke up and they were on and off. And Bethany, not purposely, but just because she was busy, started not being around as much. And Carol, instead of vocalizing like, hey, I miss you, um, you know, hey, I'm going through something and I wish you could be here for me right now. Um, instead of vocalizing that, she just... She started, like, distancing herself from Bethany. And the thing was, a lot of people were saying to her, like, oh, you're always, you know, Bethany's shadow, or, you you know, you're following behind Bethany, da 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 And I guess she kind of felt like in this space where she, well, not a guess, I'm not guessing, because when her and her boyfriend broke up, she got a whole new wardrobe, she cut her hair, she did, like, you know, that whole nine, yeah. where they leave a relationship and they're a whole new person. A whole new bitch, and, but you're really right, the same Right, they're bitch. a brand new bitch, right, they're a brand new bitch, <laughs> <laughs> you know, on the, on the outside, but they're the same bitch on the inside. Um, she and that that brand new bitch like stripped Bethany away from her life because Bethany wasn't at you know there for her like she needed Bethany to be there for her. But instead of just saying that, she's literally spent the past season being a bitch to Bethany and like talking shit about her and befriending new people. And then like she acts like she doesn't care, she's not bothered by it. But like literally every confessional and every scene, she finds a way to bring up Bethany or what Bethany's doing or how Bethany made her like it's and it's so strange to me because I'm like sis just pull her to the side and say you know what oh let me tell you she ran a um, a marathon that was part of the brand new bitch thing she ran this marathon and the marathon meant the world to her because she was never fit not she wasn't fat or anything she was slim but she's never been fit she never worked out never went to the gym never did yoga none of that kind of stuff and then she decided because you know she had that breakup and i guess when her and bethany uh, her, her and bethany started distancing themselves from each other not purposely bethany was just busy um, she decided she needed something now because she's one of those kind of people. She needed something to pour herself into. So she poured herself into the New York Marathon and she ran it and she did it. She completed it. Um, everyone was very happy for her. Um, and I think because Bethany didn't didn't do the most for her like she would have liked, she, like I said, she held that against Bethany. But instead of just being like, hey, sis, this is how you made me feel. This is what's going on. She was just being like a bitch. 
and being like really mean and, and really petty and really childish. And it's funny because I'm like, you're like 60, sis. Like, you're like, a, you're 58 or something, 60. Like, you, why can't you just say to her, yo, you hurt me. And in order for us to be, you know, have the friendship that we once had or something similar, I need you to apologize for hurting me. And I need you, I need you in my, in my life in this capacity. Because, you know, sometimes you have to tell people, teach people how to treat you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just funny that you brought that up because the whole stop acting thing is like, that made me think of that because that's all I've been, that's what I've been screaming at my TV for like the past season. Stop acting. Just tell her that you're hurt. Tell her that, because she gives, I'm fine. I don't, you know, I'm, I don't have any, I don't, I don't have a problem with you, Bethany. It's you. And I'm like, no, it's not her. It's you. <laughs> like, you're hurt. Just say, I'm hurt. And this is why I'm hurt. This is how you hurt me. And this is how we can fix it. And get over it because who the fuck has the time to be lost in the sauce? Oh Nobody, my gosh, so. it's crazy because like these people don't even have the language. And the thing is, like the language is so easy. I'm hurting, right. and the moral of the story is a person playing a role will eventually forget their lines. Like the more Ooh, I like keep, that. The more you act, <laughs> the more you act, the less human you become. Re- remember that. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Well. My get it together um, <clears throat> for this week is all about accountability. Um, I see so many people, and I, I can be one of those people. Well, no, because I don't really. No, never mind. I'm not one of those people. But I see so many people um, talk about like things going on in their life, and they look for people to blame, and they look for things. You know, they look for reasons as to why things aren't panning out in their favor, and they look for reasons as to why things aren't getting done or aren't happening. And I'm like, have you looked on the inside, though? Like, have you held yourself accountable for for why things aren't working out? And I know for me, I do hold myself accountable, like definitely hold myself accountable. Um, and this sparked, honestly, because I was like, look, I want my body to look a certain kind of way. Because, you know, I, be, working the PM shift in my job, I get off very late. And I have a bad habit since I was like little of staying up late and like eating, yeah, like junk food because I don't know I don't know why it's so damn good. But That's food, why. <laughs> food tastes so fucking good. <laughs> and like one, like when it's like a good one thirty two a.m. and you're supposed to be asleep, or like a good one a.m. and you're supposed to be asleep, but you're like watching some shit on on YouTube or on TV. Food does not taste better at any point in life than at that very moment. Like, oh you gosh. just want, I just want a snack so bad. <laughs> and I was like, look, sis, this, because I mean, I've lost a lot of weight, but I still have like a little bit of belly that like just won't go away. And I've been like trying all these things and I'm like, no, bitch. Like, <laughs> it's not going away because you're not doing enough cardio. You're not doing the proper kind of uh, work, workout because I, I I was intimidated. I am still intimidated by by lifting weights because it's one thing to do cardio like you run or like you know you use the machines in a certain kind of way. And I've like mastered the whole cardio thing, but I'm still kind of new to weights, so it is intimidating going to a gym and seeing like even today when I, when I was at the gym, I was like, oh my god, I feel like anxious because there's these guys by the way i saw my lo- the love of my life in the gym today i just want to say that let's give him he a name like, uh, basketball bay because he's like <laughs> a basketball player he's like six four six five basketball jones um let's get but you know that doesn't matter um he's not even like tatted or anything but he has like a little bit of, he is 
perfect. Like when I say the ideal preference, like just ideal. Anyway, um, even today when I was in the gym, I was like feeling anxious because I'm like lifting these weights and I'm like, I'm not that strong. And I always tweet this, like my upper body is trash, but I'll kick the shit out of a bitch. <laughs> so like I'm lifting weights next to people that are lifting like two, three times what I'm lifting. And I'm like, my big ass <laughs> should be able to lift more than what I can lift. But I'm like, you know what? It's a process. I just have to, you know, take my time and I'll get there. So I just want to say, like, hold yourself accountable. Whatever it is you want out of life, whatever it is that you want to do, hold yourself accountable and, and, and start working towards those things. Because if you never hold yourself accountable, like, you'll never be able to really do what you need to do to get where you need to get and, and be what you want to be. Like, at the end of the day, if you continue to look for people to blame, if you continue to look for, you know, because shit happens in life. Things do happen to you that are out of your control and it does suck. But you have to say to yourself in those moments, okay, how am I going to deal with this? Like, am I going to fold and let, you know, the the powers that be that are, you know, the situation win? Or am I just going to breathe deep and, like, figure out how to get over this, how to get through this, and, and like, what to learn from it? Like, I've gotten to the point now when whenever shit happens to me, I'm just like, okay, God, like, what are you trying to teach me? Yeah. What are you trying to tell me? What do I need to learn from this? Like, however I'm feeling now. Like, and even, like, the other night, I got home from work, and I was feeling snackish. And I said, you know what? <laughs> Not me, bitch. Am I going <laughs> to snack? Yes. But you know what I snacked on? Carrots. I don't even like carrots like that. But I bought these baby carrots. When I bought this really good, it's like a chipotle dip. It's um, non-dairy. It's, like, healthy. So I just took some of that with some carrots, and I was like, yeah, bitch, I'm still snacking, but, like, it's not chips. It's not, like, fattening food. I don't really buy fattening food anyway, but it's not, like, you know what I mean? Because there's a bodega right across the street. I could have went and bought some, you know, chips, a honey bun, you know. Mm. Mm, a mm. warm honey bun tastes so fucking good. A warm like, honey oh bun, let me God. tell you something, will really end your whole fitness goal. Listen, but... I held myself accountable and I'm holding myself accountable because like I said, my birthday is coming up and I'm really trying to be fine for fall. Like that is my goal. Y'all can have summer, you know, <laughs> I could, y'all can have summer. I'm really trying to be fine for fall, like and winter and next spring. I'm trying to be extra fine for next spring. So anyway, you got to write that um, shit down, write your goals down <laughs> and make it happen. Yes, please do. So that's our get it together for this week. Um, and we're going to take a quick little break and we'll be right back with you. Hey, y'all. Hope you're enjoying the episode thus far. If you don't already, please follow myself and Malik on our personal social medias. You can follow me on Instagram at Vonagram or on Twitter at underscore Vaughn. And you can follow Malik on Instagram at Yo Malik and on Twitter at Yo Malik. Now let's get into the next topic. All right, so for this week's Growing Up Gay, um, if you are a first-time listener, the Growing Up Gay segment is the main portion of the show. Obviously, that's what the show is titled after. Um, That is when we discuss, and it's usually the longest portion of the show, uh, because it's, like I said, it's the the main event. It's the main event. Um, So for this week, I wanted to discuss a familial expectation. Um, And I want to discuss this because I feel like being the quote-unquote gay brother or the gay cousin or the gay uncle or the gay, you know, whatever you may be, is is a role that all of us obviously live. And for some of us, it's very different. Um, I know for me, in my family, there's only two of us that are out. Now, I have another cousin that I am like 
90% sure is gay. <laughs> okay, maybe I'm like 80% sure he's gay, but like, I'm like, okay, I get it. Why you, I get why you don't want to come out, right? But I also want to discuss this because I feel like in our families, there's often so many secrets and there's often so many, um, so much covering up of, of, you know, gay uncles and, or lesbian aunts or whatever the case may be is. Um, so I just wanted to discuss with you, Malik, what that whole experience is like. Um, so the first uh, thing that I wanted to touch on was are you the only gay cousin or do you have like other out family members or is there anyone in the, you know, your family that you think is gay, but maybe hasn't said it. Now, obviously I don't need you to name anybody's name because I don't need you fighting at Thanksgiving, but <laughs> is there anybody in your family that you're like, are you the only one or is there anybody in your family that you're like, look, I know. Shit. I know. I'm the only gay person in my family on both sides that I know about. It's so weird. Well, on my mom's side of the family, I'm the oldest child, like oldest uh. of like all of the older children, I guess. And right. then on my dad's side, I'm not the oldest, but all of them are heterosexual as far as I know. So it's always been really weird being the only one, essentially. Right. That is that is pretty strange. I know from my family, like I said, I, I, I later, you know, later in life, I found out, like I said, that I have gay uncles. Uh, one has passed away, unfortunately, but um, I always like grew up thinking well actually i didn't grow up thinking that i was the only one because my cousin who i actually live with <laughs> i've always known that nigga was gay <laughs> like always known he was gay um so it's, it's kind of been interesting and ever since i came out like and that's also why i wanted to, to discuss this because i went to a family reunion a, a few weeks ago in orlando and it was kind of weird because it was the first time seeing all my family since i've come since i came out and at one point, my me and my cousin, um, my favorite cousin, she's like my sister, we were in uh, her, the room that she was staying in talking, you know, because we're like, we're literally like joined at the hip whenever we're together. Like, that is my bitch. Like, I love her. Um, we get along amazingly. We've been best friends since we're like, we're months apart. So we've been best friends since we were, we were little. So we were talking shit or whatever, having a good ass time. And we were to start talking about like kids because my, my brother's expecting a child. Um with his wife so we were discussing kids whatever and i want to have children like i've always said i would love to have two daughters and a son and my aunt walked in the room <laughs> her mother who also i love her um she walked in the room and we were discussing it and she's like yo want pick me and she, she looked at me and she was like well how are you gonna make that happen <laughs> and I, <laughs> I started dying because that's been like her first that's like her first acknowledgement of of me being gay like she's talked about it before like with my cousin like do you think he's gay but um that was her first time ever and i was like don't worry about that me and my little i i call my future children science experiments i was like me and my little science experiments going you know we gonna flourish so um with and with that being said did your family ever question your mannerisms while you were growing up because i feel like that's one of the things especially being a black boy um we're already we're born into hyper masculinity and, and hyper um sexuality um is that the right term yeah hyper masculinity hyper sex hyper sexual well being hypersexual i guess hypersexual is what I yeah meant to say. Yes. and absolutely um, i remember yeah. my dad is from birmingham alabama and so Bama. he grew up you know not having a father and so when i would go to birmingham for like the summers or for like just breaks i remember they'd be like um why do you talk like that or or put some bass in your voice. Like, I mean, literally, 
It's like, bitch, I am everything. <laughs> like, I there mean, no it's base. like I'm like I'm a baby. Like I'm a little right. boy. Like everything that I did was questioned. The way I walked, the way I blinked my eyes, the way I looked, the way I answered questions. Like you know, if I was if I was a little bit too inquisitive about something, like everything that I did was questioned in relation to being feminine or you know b- just being too girly. And it was like these are these. This is just who I am. And it was like. I live with my dad every single day. Like, it's not like I don't have a dad. And it was just like everything that I did was questioned about it being just too feminine. Like, it it, it was just like, it it was an automatic rejection of femininity. It was crazy. By the way, can I just say the whole narrative of people being gay because they don't have a father is like so trash. Because I have a whole ass father. Like, I have a father. I have a daddy. Like... He has always been in my life. He actually raised me well, uh, for four years without my mother because my mother was living in America. And he taught me how to, to change um, oil on a car and change a tire if you need to change a tire. And how to, Now, I don't remember how to change oil. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. But he taught me. And he took me on fishing trips all the time. So, like, nice. and I'm still gay. Yeah, like, none of that shit matters. That whole narrative is trash. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I wanted to ask that question because like I've shared the, the story about when I was lotioning my legs on here. <laughs> did I, I share that on here, right? Yeah, I remember. I think yeah. I did. Where I shared, when I was lotioning my legs and my father was like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> cause it apparently was feminine. But I, I remember specifically, um, one time I got into an argument with my aunt and I shared that story as well, where she was like, why are you, you know, your mannerisms? She's like, oh, you're doing all of this now. Like you're doing all of this now because I was like, you know, the hand came out because like, we were going at it. So the hand came out because sometimes the hand has to come out. And <laughs> she was like, you're doing all of this now. Like, well, that's really that's really feminine. And I was like, I was like nine, by the way, or 10. No, I'm lying. I was like 11. Yeah, I was definitely like 11 or 12. Um, so I, that's why I wanted to ask that question, because I do think it's one of those things. And I can be honest and say that I've always been um conscious of that especially when it comes to dancing like i always tell people i'm not like innately feminine i i'm just not like my the way i sit the way i walk all of that is quote unquote masculine but when i dance the way it is yeah the way exactly the way i present is very masculine not very masculine but the way i present is masculine but when i dance (laughs) oh it is that shit goes out the wind dope the twerk twerk king (laughs) listen i tell everyone like me dancing is is i think gay personified because i always i I literally flow between feminine and masculine energy like i I can listen to a song and i can go from being like hey like you know like just regular bopping to like your favorite stripper like (laughs) instantly (laughs) especially if it's if it's like reggae music which and it's funny because I used to go to Toronto all the time in the summer, and anyone that knows Toronto in the summer knows the biggest thing is is uh, Caribana, right? So at Caribana, it's it's a celebration. It's like carnival. It's a celebration of of you know Caribbean culture and music. So like there's a lot of soca and you know dancehall and all that stuff playing. And it's weird, but it's for me it's always been weird because I've always had to like consciously and now. To be fair, in Caribbean culture, it's perfectly normal for men to whine. Like it's just it's just a part of how we dance. That's you know, hip hips gyrating. Men men's hip gyrating in the Caribbean is is nothing suspect. But for me, it's like a whole nother experience where it's like that is like my 
time. Like when there is soca or reggae or dancehall, like that is that is my time to cut up. But I was always very conscious of it because I didn't want to come off as gay. So I would never like really bust the wine. Like I would like I, and I would da- I remember I never forget there was a caravan I went with me and my 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 older brother and my older cousins, my older male cousins, um, because that's what the majority of my cousins are, men. Um, and you know we're at, you know they're they're catching bear dances and they're like whining on girls and da 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 da. And I felt the pressure like, okay, you need to bubble on a girl, like you need to. And it's so funny because they were all like watching me and waiting, and I caught a few bubbles. And my brother was so proud when I caught the first bubble, like. He, I don't think he had ever been prouder of me in my whole life than that very moment because my brother's always known that I'm gay. Like, he's always, like, I mean, like I, I shared the story. He caught me showing a bunch of girls how to dance when I was, like, 11. And I shared the, like, he just always, since I've been little, he's always been saying, like, bro, you're gay. Like, he's always jokingly called me gay or said things that I've done as gay. So I feel like he's, and even when I came out to him, he was kind of like, he was, he was like, fuck, this sucks. But I've kind of always known. He got over it really quickly. Um... But he was so proud of me in that moment, and it, it it's stuff like that kind of plays in my head because I I do see, especially now, there's there's so many times when little boys do things and their parents are like, uh-uh, don't do that, that's gay, and I'm like, that's not, it's a it's a mannerism, it's not a, a sexual orientation or whatever. So that's why I wanted to ask that question. Um, I think it's so interesting that like the parallel between dancing and like just just like a cultural reference because I remember like growing up going to like teen parties in high school mm-hmm. and middle school like literally dancing with a girl would have been like the like well dancing with a girl was the validation to people that I wasn't right. gay like oh go ahead a girl twerk on you and like I would go literally go twerk on a well like you know go, go, go let the girl twerk on me just to be like oh I'm not gay I'm dancing right. with a girl like, it's just, <laughs> and you know <laughs> it's hilarious it's funny because growing up in South Florida, like, I used to go, I always tell people that, like, my age 11 to 13 for me is, like, most people's 18 to 21. Like, I used to go out all the time with the teen clubs. I went to mad parties. And it's funny because I had a bunch of, like, white male friends or I didn't have that many, like, male friends of color because the area group was a lot, was mostly white until I got a little bit older. Um, but I would always be the one dancing with all the girls, dancing on the girls because all my my like my homeboys were like super uncomfortable they didn't know how to dance da, 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 da. and i remember i'll never forget i went to this um uh this girl oh what was her name yarissa she had a party she was puerto rican and she had a party and it was nothing but latin music and my i was getting my life i was dancing with all the girls and i remember her mom came up to me her mom was like oh man you poppy you got all the ladies tonight da, da, da. and it was, it was so funny because in my head i'm like you don't really know i'm trying to kill these bitches on the dance floor That's it. They, they, they can't do it like me like i'm okay. dancing with them but i'm really like dancing against them it was it was it was funny it was funny <laughs> um so I wanted to ask, did you knowing you were gay ever make you feel comfortable or uncomfortable around your family? Like, how did you work through those feelings of being uncomfortable around them because of your sexual orientation? And like, have you gotten to a place now where you're kind of like, I don't care if what I'm doing is quote unquote gay. It's, you know, the, do you, are you, are you no longer performing around them? Have you ever felt the need to perform a more masculine identity around your family? Like I never actually came out to my family. It's really, it's really funny. I never, <clears throat> I guess I never had to. Like, after I came out to my parents... Um, Everything else is the dub, once you tell your parents. It kind of, yeah, <laughs> like, I, like I, I came out to my parents, and they, you know, that, that was some bullshit. But uh, I... 
Yes. I felt really uncomfortable. Um, and I guess for me, it was really performative because I remember one time I went to Savannah on my mom's side of the family for the summer. And once I got there, my aunt, this is my mom's aunt, so like my great aunt or whatever they call it. She was telling like a, like a work story because she worked in a jail. And she was telling me a story about, um, about one of the inmates who was, I don't know if the inmate was like trans or if, or if the inmate just was gay, but it was telling me the inmate had contracted HIV or something. And it was almost like, like a scare tactic to only not be gay. Like, oh, you're going to get AIDS, you know, if you're gay or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I remember in that very moment, um, feeling like, oh my gosh, I need to like mask who I am or I need to, you know, def- I need to definitely present more straight acting because I don't want, you know, it, when, when I come here to get like worried about, am I going to be sick or, or am I going to end up in jail, you know, wearing Crayola as makeup? Like it was just this, this, this. Wait, like, wait, 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 wait. What? Crayola as makeup? Like she was telling a story about this drag queen in the jail. Oh, who I was thought like, you were wearing Crayola as makeup. No, 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 no. I was no, about no, to no. say, but you were Carrie. <laughs> no, she was telling a story about this guy who was in the jail and who was like using like makeshift jailhouse products to become beautiful or whatever. And she also was telling me that this person had contracted some kind of sickness from being gay. And uh. so, you know. I, before I even could come out, I was still really young. Like, I felt really uncomfortable just in my, in my own skin because of, the, because of that story. Like, so I guess how I've worked through of, like, of just being comfortable everywhere I am is, like, after I came out to my parents, it just was more like, this is what it is. Like, they know, fuck what y'all saying, this is who I am, I'm going to walk in it, I'm going to own it, I don't care. No, I, I definitely, I definitely feel you there. I, I will say for me, I've always felt, I always felt uh, uncomfortable around my family. And it's funny because I have a very loving family. Um, I have a huge, I have a big bumbaclot family. Like my family is huge, but they've always been very loving. They've always been um, very family oriented. Like I, that's the one thing I do love about my family. Um, but I come from a family of a lot of men. Like it's funny because we're, my mom's and this is all on my mom's side of the family because my dad's side of the family i don't haven't spent too too much time with them like i know them love them but i've never spent like an extended extended amount i think the most most time i've spent with my dad's family is probably two weeks um at once that is whereas my mom's side we've spent so many thanksgivings christmas uh family vacations family reunions like so much of that together and there's so many men and my my grandmother um, had her last child at like forty six, so I have an aunt that I have an aunt that was in her early eighties. Uh, no, I'm sorry, her late seventies when she passed. And then I have an aunt because my grandfather, <laughs> um, he had like eighteen children. I have an aunt who's like thirty two. So there's like a huge gap and difference as far as age goes. Um, so they all have children. So I have cousins that are in their fifties. I have cousins that are like six and two you know what i mean yeah um and my me and my, my cousin that i'm close with the the girl hey Kadina, um we're the only one that's that's the same age everyone is either like four or five years older 
or they're like children. <laughs> so for me, I, I had nothing but older male cousins. And knowing that I was gay, especially and being, like I said, especially being Caribbean and knowing that it's something that's taboo and not accepted, um, I always felt very uncomfortable and very scared, to sure. be very honest, um, around them. Not that they were going to do anything to me because I generally don't think that. It was just I didn't know if it was okay, if it was okay me being myself around them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it took a while. And honestly, I'm still, I'll be very honest. I'm still not 100% there. Um, I, I don't, I definitely don't, like I said, I don't change my mannerisms. I don't, I, I don't lie about anything. I don't pretend like I have a girlfriend. I don't change the music I listen to. I'm the same. I'm 100 all the time. I'm the same person all the time. Um, but it's weird because we don't have, we don't ever discuss my sexual orientation. And it's funny because, the way I found out that I had two, well, I mean, I found out one of my my uncles was gay um, three years ago. Three, yeah, I think like three years ago. He's technically my cousin, but I'm Jamaican, so anybody that's older than like 10, 15 years is automatically an uncle or auntie. Um, so anyway, I found out he's the one, and I shared the story on Twitter um, about my my uncle. He was a young professional in. Canada. He was working in the airline industry, doing amazing, amazing, amazing. He was a very good-looking gentleman. Like he's like six one. Um, he's like six one. He was in great shape. You know, he's a caramel complex. He was just like that dude. And it's funny because I remember going to Canada when I uh, when I was really, really young. When I was like maybe like seven or eight. And I remember like seeing pictures of, of him and being like, wow, he's so cool because he had a, a brand new BMW. Um, he had a bomb ass condo in like downtown Toronto. He had a great ass job. He was making, you know, bomb money. He was on track to really like shine. And when I say shine, I mean like be a major exec and run shit. And unfortunately, um, there was another gentleman at his job that was very gen- uh, jealous he saw how my uncle was progressing. He saw how my uncle was, was thriving in their company and how he was getting promoted. And like I said, he was good looking. He was making you know a lot of money. And the guy was just jealous. Um, the guy had an inkling that my uncle was gay. I don't know what gave him that inkling. Because um, knowing my uncle, I, I, he doesn't present um, super masculine, but he doesn't present feminine at all. Um, like at all. Um he kind of reminds me of me in a way. Um, so I don't know what gave the, the guy the inkling that my uncle was gay, but I don't know if someone told him. I don't know if he was, you know, kikiing with some of the ladies in the office. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what happened. But anyway, the guy had an inkling that my uncle was gay, and he decided to bait my uncle. Um, he decided to, to slowly but surely pretend that, like, he was interested in my uncle. And he, my uncle, unfortunately, fell for it. And he took interest in the guy, and they started kind of, not dating, but they kind of started talking. And the guy rec- recorded audio of them talking about some gay shit, apparently. Um, and told my uncle that, like, he was going to, you know, expose him, and he was going to out him. And he did out him. He, I don't think he ever, like, exposed the clip, but he did tell people at my uncle's job that he was gay. And now this was the 90s. This was the... The, the mid to late 90s. So it wasn't the progressive time that we are now. And it ruined my uncle. It threw my uncle into a massive, massive depression and completely shifted the, tra- the trajectory of his life. And it it 
altered him to the point where he's not the same anymore. Um, he had a, 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 a breakdown. He had an emotional and mental breakdown over being outed. And I never knew this. I grew I spent my entire life, I lived 22 years without ever finding this out. It wasn't until three years ago where, when we were, it was a late night discussion. Again, it was like Thanksgiving because, like I said, we spent a lot of Thanksgivings together. And everyone was at my mother's house because we all convened at my mom's house. She always cooks. Her and I always cook. Um, and we were just talking in my, in my, one of my older cousins, he was like, you know, I'm just tired of all the secrets in our family. Like, he was like, we need to be more open. We need to be more honest with each other. We need to talk. And it was so funny because as he was saying all this, I was like, is he going to look at me and ask me if I'm gay? <laughs> I was like, what is, why? I was like, what is this? Where is this coming from? And he started, and, and he had his own frustrations just with the secrets our family has kept. And he was like, no one told me that my uncle was gay. And I'm like, yo, I'm like, oh shit, who knows about uncle so-and-so? And... He started talking about my other uncle, my actual uncle. And I was like, oh, my God, I didn't know he was gay. And he was like, yeah. He's like, see what I'm talking about? Like, no one talks about this shit. And he's like, why is, why is that a secret? Why are we? Um, and I'll give him total kudos because he was being progressive. He was like, why is that something that we're hiding? Like, that was a part of who he was as a person. And it's funny knowing that, finding that out, not to be, like, stereotypical, but, like, that uncle, he passed away before I was born. But every time I saw pictures or video of him he was the flyest man in the room like he dressed down he was yeah. very good looking he was all about and it's so funny because if you look at all his pictures he's giving you like model in every picture like he's finding every angle every light like he was we in jamaica we could say he was bossy like he was real bossy like he he really put he put on a show like he was so well dressed he took amazing care of himself he was so well groomed and he passed away unfortunately um I don't 1,000% remember how he passed away. I think he had, like, epilepsy or something like that. I, I, I remember them saying he choked on his tongue or some some shit. Um, but, like, he, that that's why he brought it up. And it, it, it was funny because in that moment, I kind of felt like, this is my time to come out. But I, I never said anything at that point because I wasn't I wasn't ready. I just wasn't That's so interesting ready, so. because, yeah. like, I remember I talked about it. My coming out experience was, like, really similar with someone outing me in high school. Yeah. And... Mm -hmm. I really realized that the way you like overcome that shit is really like getting the nerve and talking about it. Because when you talk yeah. about it, it leaves people with nothing to talk about. Like right. if you really take control of over your own story and tell it yourself, then bitches right. will have nothing to tell. And it it really sucks that you that you almost have to like beat people to the punch these days. You but it's like <laughs> but it's like people people are so hungry and thirsty to break news. And it, it, right. and they don't even care like whose news it is. They, they want to be the first to post. They want, they, right. they really want to be the first to break the news. And it's like, I've been able to overcome feeling uncomfortable within my family by just saying, Hey, this is what I'm doing. This is right. who, this is who I'm dating. You know, if I felt comfortable with sharing, like this is what I'm doing at work. This is my life. And this is how I'm presenting myself. And once you like put yourself out there to share, it gives people less shit to talk about. Like it's always really interesting the quietest people in the room, when it's like, oh, I'm just shy, it's like that shyness draws attention to you because you're not right. speaking. Um, like, just put it out there. You and know? it's funny, the, the whole coming out, like beating people to the punch thing, that's actually how I came out to my mother because I actually came out to my father first. We were actually having a disagreement. I think I've shared this story before. We were having a disagreement about um, a trip that my mother and I took 
Um, and he was just like, why didn't you bring a girl? And I got to the point where my, cause my father, like I said, much like my brother, I think my father has always known that I was gay. I just think he was waiting for me to find the nerve to actually admit it and to actually say to him like, Hey, I'm gay. Cause he would ask me about girls up until I was like, I want to say 18 or no, 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 I'm lying. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe 18 or 19. And he didn't ask me for like three years. And I remember being like, Ooh. He finally accepted it. And then, like, the last time I went to... I went to visit him in Miami earlier this year, actually. And he asked me about... He's like, so, you don't have a girlfriend? And it made me so uncomfortable. It made me... I remember sinking into myself because I'm like, wow, he still doesn't know me. Like, he still doesn't know... And I was like, you know what? I can't blame him because I haven't said anything. Yeah. I haven't admitted that. Yeah. And when I came out to him, I remember, like I said, he hung up on me when I told people... If, if you remember the story I told, like, we had the disagreement. I said, I'm not going to bring a girl because I'm gay, Dad. I have, I'm, I'm gay. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I'm going to bring anybody, it would be a boy, a boy or a well, man. Uh, I'm gay. And he was like, what? You're gay? And then he... I remember he just hung up the, the phone on me. Yeah. And I was, like I said, I, I was completely fine thinking that, like, hey, I no longer have a father anymore. But what I wanted to do... <laughs> I wanted to call my mother because I honestly didn't know if my father was going to call my mother on some this is your fault shit because I've lived with my mom. I mean, I've, I've lived with my mom my, my, all, all my life, basically. But I moved to Atlanta when I was like 13 and I've been with my mother ever since. Like it was just me and her for a long period of time. My father wasn't there. Like I said, my father was always there when I lived in Florida and he would come visit us in Atlanta and he did you know amazing things. Uh, I mean, he remember he drove all the way to Atlanta and spent two week a week there to help me do a science project where I got to build this school and it like lit up and everything because he's an electrician. Um, so, I, but I remember calling her because what I didn't want him to do was call my mother and be like, "This is your fault. He's gay," or you know, I didn't want them to have that. I didn't want him to tell her first. So I called her like immediately after I got off the phone with him because I wanted to beat him to that punch. And it was so funny because my mom was like, "Cause I was like, did Dad call you yet?" And she was like. No, why? And I was like, oh, shit, he didn't call her. Because I had waited like three minutes because I wasn't thinking. And immediately when I thought about it, I called. And I figured at that point he probably had already called her. Um, but she was like, no, why? And then I was like, well, I just want to let you know I'm gay. Because I told him I'm gay and he's probably going to call you. So I'm gay. <laughs> like, I wanted to beat him to the punch. <laughs> so I don't know. That, that, that made me think of that when you said that. Yeah. See, like, seriously, if you don't tell your story, you give other people permission to tell it for you. And you never want another bitch telling your truth for you. Listen, Funky Deneva says that somebody, oh, what is he says a quote in regards to that? He's like, somebody can't, it's like somebody can't, um, damn, somebody can't spill your, somebody else can't spill your tea if you're the one pouring it. Some yeah, shit like that. Yeah, I, I, Some I shit think like I've that. heard him say something like that before too. I think um, he was talking about, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the next uh, thing that I want to inquire about was like, does your family inquire about your dating life do they ask you like if you have a boyfriend or do your have your parents ever asked like is it a thing have you introduced anyone because i mean i don't i've never been in a relationship i don't date yet so i don't know what that's gonna be like (laughs) when i do start dating but i wanted to ask you that i mean listen i've dated but i've never brought anyone home to my mom you know my dad died in 2014 so he, he never would have the opportunity. But no, I haven't. Um, and they don't inquire about it. It's, it's something that I wish they did. But I know my mom, mm. like, although she's my biggest advocate, and I know she's I know she loves me and supports me, but I know the back of her mind, she, she feels like the life that I live in isn't right. Um, mm. And I'm sure that a part of her is, like, maybe disappointed um, with 
you know, with, I guess, my sexuality choices, mm-hmm. although it's not a choice in my mind, but I'm mm-hmm. sure, you know, it's not ideal. I know it's not ideal. She's told me that, you know, if she could have it her way, I wouldn't be gay, you know? So it's like, no, they don't ask me who I'm dating. And my last relationship, um, he was going to meet my family, but he pulled a stunt at the last minute and, oh. you know. I, I, what do you think that experience would have been like? You know, I really wanted him to meet, to meet my family. I know that my grand, my grandmother was, was excited to meet him. They wanted to meet him because my mother, she just really wants to see me happy at the end of the day. My family wants right. to see me happy at the end of the day. So they would have embraced him with open arms. Like, my mom's side of the family, they're, they're good church-going people, and they... They like they've seen me build the life that I want to live for myself. They've they've seen me make myself over and over again, even in my own image, even when others told me that I couldn't do it. So I just really think that there's like more of like a respect factor. Like they they just they just wanted to like respect it because I was working so hard at it to make it happen and to make it work because right. it was like my will. It's something that I wanted to do for myself. So I, I know that they would have received him really well and they don't inquire about it. I wish they did. Like my I my first real boyfriend, he was much older than me. He was like 30 something. We need maybe. to discuss that one day. Yeah. We'll get there. So I let him meet my aunt Karen, who I love so dearly. She's just uh amazing. I let him meet my aunt Karen and we went and we had drinks and we went and we had dinner or whatever. And you know, she she liked the guy, but that's the only person I've ever let meet, like like family member meet a guy I was dating, right. and he was she was like the test. And after <laughs> after she met him, we quickly the nigga ended up cheating on me with oh. a with with a that's how they fucking the nigga ended up cheating on me with a jailbird ass nigga. Nothing wrong, with, <laughs> nothing wrong with going to jail, but well, the, hold on, there is. <laughs> I mean, but like literally, the, the gag on that was I was at the house where we were like kind of like showing his face and the ex-boyfriend comes back i guess he gets out of jail comes to the house calls like the gate or whatever trying to get back in and my boyfriend at the time he like walks out to like go greet the guy and tell him that hey i got a new nigga now you can't come back you can't come back in here you know what i'm saying like love don't live here anymore like love don't (laughs) live here no more you're out of here we have we have a whole situation going on so that was the only time I ever got really close to, um, you know, my That's, I, I, Okay, so I'm, I'm asking because I know from my family, it's I don't know, I don't, okay. So my brother has only asked me once. My parents haven't asked me, obviously, because I just told them a few months ago. Um, my brother only asked me once when I first came out to him. And it was so funny because my coming out story, my brother Malik knows that one because he's a part of it. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> um, after I came out to my brother, like he cried and he had like a little moment, and then he was like, "I right, nigga, you want McDonald's?" Like, <laughs> and then I remember we were driving home from McDonald's when we got to our house, and he like, clo- you know, we got the car, closed the car door, and he stopped and he's like, "Wait," and he looked at me and he was like, "You got a boyfriend?" Mm. And I was like, nah. He was like, good, keep it that way. <laughs> and I was, I started laughing. He was like, you need, you need a nigga around you anyway. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, where is this coming from? Exactly. But <laughs> I'm asking because my family, with all my other cousins, my family is super into their dating lives. Like my, I always like my family. Sh- if you're listening, person that's gonna date me in the future, 
if my family likes you, you never have to worry about them keeping any trash things that I'm doing away from you. If they like you, they will ride for you more than they do for me because that is how my family is. Like, my brothers could never cheat on their girls and my family find out. They could never treat their girls badly and my family find out because they would get their asses cut, <laughs> okay? Like, my cousin Kadena, like, her boyfriend that she's dating now, her parents love him. Like, her mom will call him at random and be like, hey, you know, how are you doing? Da, da, da. Like, she'll ask him, like, uh, the most random question. And, like, even at our family reunion, everyone's like, so where's, where's so-and-so? Where's so-and-so? Like, there's, my family is so into the, everyone's, like, dating life that it makes me wonder, like, are they going to be like that when I start dating? Or is it going to be a thing where they're just kind of like, don't ask, don't tell? Which I honestly would not mind because I don't like telling anybody my business anyway. But I am curious as to what that's going to be like, especially like my mother, because my mother is so inner, like she's so enough and in people business. So like, I, I, I wonder what that experience is going to be like when I do start um, being gay in real life. <laughs> but that is going to be it for this week's Growing Up Gay um, like always, we will be asking you guys these questions on Twitter. Please remember to um, tweet along with, um, sorry, answer the questions, tweet along with, with us, engage in the questions with hashtag uh, GUG podcast. Um, but yeah, hope you guys have enjoyed that segment. If there's any other questions you guys have in regards to it, please feel free to email us at growingupgaypodcast at gmail.com or you can email me directly at Vaughn at growingupgay. Um, dot com or Malik at Malik at com and yeah we hope you guys enjoy the segment we're gonna take a small a break be right with you I hope we've been able to keep you entertained thus far if so you can reach out to us for any questions comments and concerns at Vaughn at com or Malik at com you can actually email these shows uh, personal email with any questions or show topics or anything you'd like for us to discuss if you want to sponsor us qtr marie right here at growing up gay podcast at gmail.com and that growing has a g in it so growing up gay podcast at gmail.com now let's get into the next topic okay so we are back for the wind down we back. Uh, this is the light-hearted portion of the show where we just kind of cut you know shoot the shit yeah we just discuss whatever we want to what's going on with social media what's going on with celebrities da, da, da. Um, i'll be very honest with you all i'm kind of thinking about phasing this segment of the show out um especially once we start receiving let uh like letters mm-hmm. uh questions all that kind of stuff from you guys which like i said send us stuff um only because I don't necessarily know if it's needed, but for now, we're keeping it, um, and we hope you guys enjoy it. The first thing that I want to discuss um, is Rihanna's upcoming documentary. Um, for those that don't know, Rihanna has been recording a documentary with Peter Berg, the um, director, um, for years now, since 2015. If you're in the Navy, you know all about this documentary. You probably thought it wasn't coming out. I know I for damn sure thought it wasn't coming out. Um, only because, like I said, they've been recording it since 2015. Like, it's a long time. We thought it was going to come with Anti. It never came with Anti. We thought it was going to come after the tour was done and we would get, like, a tour video. That didn't happen. 
And then it was just kind of like, okay, this thing isn't coming. Um, but Peter Berg recently did an interview with Hot 97 where he confirmed that not only are they still recording it, but that it's actually coming out in the next two months or so. It should be actually out in our birthday month, Malik, I think in October. Um, which I'm really, really excited about. Really, really, really excited about because they've been, like I said, recording it for four years now. Um, and in those past four years, Rihanna has gone through so much uh, personally, professionally, uh, in her career. Like she's, she's gone through so many things from in and out of relationships to re- recording and releasing anti and that whole process. And honestly, I'm so interested in hearing about the whole anti experience uh, because that's really what it was. Um, it was and, and it's funny because when that album was being released, I always knew that she was struggling with finding whatever that the sound for the body of work was going to be because she first um, kind of put her trust in Kanye and was kind of going with Kanye uh, and that didn't work out. And then she scrapped all that and then she started working with uh, other people and then she finally finished the album. And then, you know, we all know the whole 460 title, that tragic ass release. Um, I, I want to hear about that. I want to hear about the, how she genuinely felt about that whole experience. Like, from the initial singles not working to the singles then finally working to the album release being super sloppy to the album being, you know, an all around success. I really want to hear if she's going to address critics because the, the anti, how anti was received to me reminded me a lot of how rated R was received. People initially panned anti, well, not rated R in its whole, but like, I remember when Russian Roulette came out, everyone was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and when anti, when right, and when anti came out, again, critics were like, what the fuck is this? There's no hits on this album. This isn't a Rihanna album. It's bad. Da, da, da. And people gave her so much for it. And then, like, it's been so interesting to watch it go from that to now it, it being critically acclaimed and now it being, like, the standard and, and, and so many people loving it and so many people referring back to it. Like, I, I've, re- I've read so many album reviews over the past, like, year and a half where the writers have referenced Anti and, and talk about how it its influence is clear in, you know, the, the album that they're reviewing from Halsey to Christina Aguilera, um, like, even Nicki Minaj, which I don't see that connection. But anyway, <laughs> um... So yeah, the documentary is coming out hopefully in October, and I'm really excited about it. Malik, is there anything that you would like to see in the documentary? You know, I would. I like Riri a lot. I just really like just her her rawness and her just authentic her authenticness. Is that, authentic- that that's authenticity? Right? Authenticity. Yeah. Oh yeah. Her authenticity. Thank you so much. I like that about her, and and I also like the fact that she's been able to just like carve her own lane outside of how they like try to make her be like when she first came out. I just think that mm-hmm. she just done such a good job at just really narrating her own journey and, and, and carving out her own lane outside of scandal, similar to how Beyonce has. Yeah. Um, I kind of just feel like that she, she went through her scandal, but she came out on top of it, controlling her own image and being her own boss and really being right. able to just create so many different lanes for herself and ventures, like just with her, you know, the stuff she does with the Puma, the stuff she does with the beauty, the stuff she does with everything. She's so entrepreneurial, and I just, I just really respect that about her, you know. Yeah. And, and, and even in her music, how she just slayed the digital era, you know. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited just to see, um, obviously, what she's been doing since Anti, because 
since the low. Anti was. 2016. Was that work? Work, 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 yeah. work. Okay, yeah. making sure. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. It's been almost three years. It's going on three years since that album. Almost, yeah, almost three years since that album came out. Um, So, yeah, we're checking for Fenty, and hopefully I get invited to the release party or something like that. Like, I hope so. Send me an invite or whatever. Can I, I, mean, can I get a plus out. one? Can you give me the plus one or whatever? Okay. Like, <laughs> thank you so much, Mary. <laughs> um, thank you, Mary. Oh, speaking of just uh, from greatness to mess, <sighs> Nicki Minaj. <laughs> I mean, I, I told you I didn't want to cover this again, but Malik didn't want to cover this. Um, so Queen came out the album, and can I just say, by the way, Nicki, good form is my shit. It's like, a lot of bops is, on the album now. I, that I, is it's a lot of my. Bops on the album. That is my song. Like, yeah. I, this whole time that she's been going crazy, I've just been saying, so you doing all of this instead of re- recording a video for Good Form? Like, can you please get off of, uh, get off of Apple Radio, get off of Twitter, get off of Instagram, delete everything, and just record a video for Good Form so I can get my life. So anyway, um, Nikki's album came out, and un- <laughs> it's titled Queen. Unfortunately, she wasn't able to dethrone Travis Scott as he remained number one. He sold more um, sweatshirts units than <laughs> Miss Mirage, and she wasn't having it. She listen. Nikki got on Twitter and she had smoke for his newborn baby. Yeah. She she blamed Kylie Jenner and Stormy for <laughs> Travis Scott <laughs> selling more units than she did. So, okay, Nikki's claim is that she's mad at Billboard because of their new rules and how it's not fair because he tra- what Travis did was he sold bundles, not hair, but he sold album bundles where he did everything from merchandising uh, to keychains to like all these tour bundles, all this different stuff. And if you partook in any of that, you got an album off bat and that album counted towards his album sales. Um, and because of that, Travis ended up doing like I think 230 units in total, and Nikki did 185. Um, she, but ironically, they both had the same number of pure sales. Um, Billboard didn't disclose, not to my knowledge at least, because I didn't read that full article, um, exactly how many units he sold. They're both at like 78,000, so it's like somewhere, which really is a chop either way for Nikki, because if he can still selling 78 pure in his second week. And you're doing that in your first week, since it's a chop. Like, just take the L. Um, so, but Nikki wasn't having it, and she's been ranting on Twitter. She even has an Apple Radio show now. I don't know if she went in there was like, "Hey, Drake has one, so I want one too." And they were like, oh, "Okay," um, <laughs> and gave her one. But she went on there and she was ranting. <sighs> I didn't listen to that in full. I just saw the tweets, um, and she again had the smoke for Travis Scott, which I can I say I commend him. And I also commend Kylie because I would have dragged her already if I was either one of them. But, you know, they're booked and busy and well-paid, so they don't have time. Uh, but I, to me, the part of all of, that, all of this that makes Nikki look stupid is the fact that she did the exact same thing. She, too, had tour bundles. She had merchandise bundles. She was selling, she was selling a, a title subscription her album, and a poster for $5. So I really can't be mad at Travis for his shit being popping and working and your shit not being popping and not working. Um, I think you need to take that up with I don't know who. 
I would say Billboard, but you can't take it up with Billboard because your stuff counted as well. It would have been one thing if hers didn't count and his counted. Billboard confirmed in their article that her bundles counted towards her final numbers. Because like I said, her pure sales are 78,000. Her final numbers are 180. So sis, like, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, but you're not number one. You didn't win this time, sis. You you live to fight another day. You guys, right. stop complaining over spilled milk, girl. Get out of here. The thing is, sis, you cannot win them all. You try. You right. put your best foot out there. Here's the thing. When you are talented, you have to let your talent speak for itself. When you Ooh. let drama and bullshit and envy and pettiness and, and, and evilness, when you let that shit seep in, it will discount and discredit and it will cloud your success. And I hate to be the person to take it back, but let's go back to 2011. Little Kim told y'all <laughs> in 2011, she said, watch and see. She said, watch and see. And what we are seeing is Nicki Minaj doing exactly what Nicki Minaj does. She she thinks she's the baddest bitch out there, the, you know, and now she has met her match. And now she's seeing that, hey, listen, those tactics aren't working anymore. It's not yeah. working anymore. It's not working anymore. People want the real deal. We're in, we're in the, 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 an age now where realness and authenticity works. That's why Cardi B is so successful. I hate to bring her up, but she's a prime example of why she's winning because she's real. People want to see real stories. They want to see real shit. They don't want that fake ass, conceited, stuck up, I'm the baddest bitch shit. No one wants that. People want real stories, which is why our show is working right now. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> that was funny. Um, yes. I mean, and you know what's funny? Well, not funny. I think the worst part about all of this is Nikki genuinely does not see Nothing how wrong it makes with it. her look. Yeah. She's so, her head is so far up her own inflated ass that she does not realize that she's not doing herself any favors. And sis, here's the thing, right? You can be queen, right? That's fine. But at some point, you have to pass the throne. Like, someone else has to take the title. And you're either going to do it graciously and be respected for it, or it's just going to be off with her head. That's it. So... It was off with Kim's head. Well, not really, because Kim is still that girl, and her influence and impact is still there. But you can say you're the queen of rap. That's fine. But the problem is you're the one saying it. No one else is. Okay? So take your L and your album and keep it moving. Okay? Give us a video for good form, because that shit knocks. That is my shit. Give us a video for good form and get over it. Yeah. And stop taking away from your artistry. Like, your album is not bad. You have some good bops, like Vaughn said. And you did good numbers. Like, yeah. Like, what? I don't get it. That's why I stand for the queen. Listen, which is Beyonce. She told you, it's not about the numbers. It's about the artistry. It's about putting your energy behind things that you're passionate about. It's about inspiring. It's about pulling people up behind you. It's, it's not about... 
trying to be so big and bad. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Stop fucking with Safari. Stop fucking with all these DJs. Stop making, <laughs> stop making enemies. Like, make love, not war. You know, in the Caribbean, we have this thing where we say, my spirit doesn't take our... Something about Nicki Minaj's spirit, it just... It's not good. Like, she just has so much negative energy around her. And I just wish... She would stop trying to fight everyone and just, like, do better, ho. Like, do, do better. Do just better, do bitch. Better. Do, better. do better. Like, that, that costume she had on last night, the VMAs was a mess. Oh, speaking of the VMAs and who needs to do fucking better. My God. Oh, my gosh. Um... Bumbaclot TV. How are doing, man? Like, what is going on over at MTV? Who is in control, and how do we get them fired? <sighs> the, for, for those that don't know, the 2018 uh, MTV Video Music Awards aired last night, and that shit was horrible. And it's there today it came out that it was their, their lowest-rated show of all time, and duh, like, that shit was trash. Like, I have never watched an award show and be so, like, disgusted with how everything panned out like the just the entire show was bad like the jokes that they wrote for the comedians were bad like the performances were trash the even the acceptance speeches were trash the looks were trash the people that attended the show were trash it was bad from top to bottom it was bad from alpha to omega from the rooter to the tutor it was just bad just I watched that. the first hour and I had to go to bed because you know I'm a corporate girl. I have to get up in the morning. I don't have time <laughs> to be to be up, <laughs> carrying on with the birds, watching that shit. Uh, I did see a few clips this morning. Ariana Grande, I think she tributed Beyonce. Um, okay, I-, I want everyone to stop saying that. The song is called "God Is a Woman." I know. What I else know, was she I know, supposed but to? But here's be? the <laughs> thing. Here is the thing. Here is the thing. Here is the thing. We've seen, we've, we've, we've seen it. I know what the song is. I did appreciate she had she had the beautiful visuals. Yeah, the visuals the visuals were beautiful, but the movement was the move the movement was. Well, beautiful. she's not a she's not a dancer. No, so. I'm not. I'm not talking about her move. I'm talking about oh, okay. the choreography, the movement we've we've seen before. Yeah. That's no. it. We've seen it. That's what I'm saying. Like we've seen it. Ariana's I feel, she, I feel she, like she's Ariana. Talented, I feel like Ariana is bit. the only one that tried. So I, I really I don't want to give her too much because she's the only one that tried. Everybody else was just there. Like, I even think Jennifer Lopez everybody was, just else was just there. Like even J Lo. And let me say, I rode for you, Jenny. You did. Miha, what's going on? But like you're supposed to do me proud. Like what was this performance? She got up. And by the way, she wasn't bad. No, it wasn't she was a bad performance. Bad. No. <laughs> it was a good performance. It's just we've seen that literally that before. Like that's her Vegas show, yeah. Plus her last tour, and she's not the first person to do this. Artists do this all the time when they're on tour. They they take their tour performance, add a new costume and a, maybe like a, a, a one or two new moves, and call that their VMA. Not VMA, but they call that their award show performance. My issue is. You're receiving the Michael Jackson Vanguard Award, an award that people already don't think you deserve, right? So you were supposed to go in there and fuck shit up. And she did two things that annoyed me. One was, like I said, she borrowed entirely too much from her previous work, which is just lazy to me, right? That's one. 
Well, she did three things. Two, she kept trying to incorporate some of her newer songs, like their hits. Sweetheart. They're not hits. That De Niro song? No. That other song? I Ain't Tell Mama? I don't know. Yeah, I, that was not... That was no, not a hit. No no one, when they think Jennifer Lopez thinks, I ain't your mama. Like, no. <laughs> no one thinks that. I think, so that, I think Get the, Right. Yes. We think Get Right, Love Don't Cost a Thing, If You Have My Love, Ain't It Funny. Like, there's... Play. Like, why didn't Play get a moment? Like, Play deserved. I will say, I'm happy she did. I'm glad because I love that video. And that is an iconic moment in her, you know, discography. Well, videography. Then the, the thing that she did the most that annoyed me was DJ fucking Khaled. Oh, my gosh. Jennifer, what's her middle name? Maria? I'm going to go with Maria. <laughs> Jennifer, it might not be Maria. That's totally problematic. I mean, I was going to say that. Jennifer Lopez. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. What is her middle name? Now I want to know. Are you going to look it up really fast? Yes, um, hold on. I just don't understand why she kept, do, why she kept doing all those, like, monster mix medleys like jennifer like, lynn Lopez. like she's at a goddamn dance contest and she's a college senior i right. was like it, if it you don't draining. leave cardi b's voice out of these american music like, award dance performance perform. like it, and like i said dj khaled jennifer lynn lopez i know we gave you a lot for pitbull but i'm gonna give you even more for dj khaled because what i don't need is some random nigga on the stage screaming the entire time throughout your performance. I can understand if he would have came out for three seconds during De Niro because he's on that song. But he did not need to remain there and just yell, Jennifer fucking Lopez, get make some noise, J, J Lo, Jenny Friend. Like, shut the fuck up, my nigga. Like, why are you there yelling throughout her entire... I, I swear to God, had I been Jennifer Lopez, I would have... There's a there's a gif of of Nicki Minaj that's my favorite like one of my favorite gifts of all time. She was performing at some concert, and the dude on the I guess like the the sound person or the light person was on his phone instead of doing what he was supposed to be doing, and like Nicki stopped all of what she was doing and like marched over to him and snatched his phone out of his hand and threw it. And I, I, if I was Jennifer Lopez, that's what I would have done to, to DJ Khaled's mic. I would have marched my way over to him and snatched his mic out of his hand and threw it into the crowd because nigga like go home go take care of your child why are you here why we don't need it at all at fucking all so we don't but need yeah it. the VMAs are trash yeah uh, Chloe and Halle I'll, I love you you guys look beautiful I hated their outfit and their makeup their makeup was Awful. Oh, now listen. The makeup was. I think they're trying to get like this very ethereal, very whimsical, very. They like, need to give it back. L- like give light it back. Light, don't give it, light-hearted. Don't give, that, don't give that no more. Light-hearted, it but bad. it made them look washed out, especially considering that their their uh, gowns were really like nude. I agree. Right. Their, their faces need some more color for sure. I agree with that. Yeah. I agree, but I still love the them. the fashions overall were trash. What the fuck was Amber Rose wearing? It is not Halloween. Oh my gosh! Please let that Madonna it shit go. Let that Madonna like, shit what? go. Let Stop. it go. Let it go. I just I need MTV to to to. You know, have you ever had a friend that went through like a bad breakup and forgot that who the bad bitch they were? Like, 
I need MTV to remember that they are like the VMAs is a bad bitch. The VMAs is not no two for twenty asshole, and like they are treating the VMAs like she is some two for twenty Applebee special ass girl. Like no, she is top of the line filet mignon. Like the VMAs are supposed to be important, and I feel like the direction now is so social media driven, and I get it. But at the same time, can y'all just have like a little bit of like? I mean, that's every award show now, Vaughn, though. Every award it, show is so just, social media driven. I mean, you got T.T. and Lala at every damn award show carrying on. I, I mean, just, I don't on. get, like, I don't get it. Like, it's like they, it's like the VMAs don't value themselves anymore. Like, like have a little, have a little. I remember back in the days when people talked about a VMA performance, they talked about the, the, the expectations and, and how they needed to deliver. And I feel like everyone just was like, hey, they, I feel like everyone walked out on stage and was like, so what y'all doing? Yeah. Like, Y'all gonna dance to me singing this or not? Nah? Because I can, I can leave, come or go either way. Like I said, Ariana, I feel like is the only one that was like, okay, let me try and give y'all a moment with God as a woman. Like everyone else was just like, there. Um, side note, Madonna said that she was not tributing um, Aretha Franklin, so y'all can get off her dick. <laughs> I don't know what that whole thing was. That was strange, but Madonna is strange. Love her, but she's strange. Anyway, that's that's the show. That's the show. That's the show, you guys. <laughs> Short and sweet. Mm-hmm. You know. Follow us on social media. Follow me at Yo Malik on um, all socials. Please make sure you go to um, our iTunes and review our, our podcast on iTunes. Give us five stars. Um, shout out to Jazzy, House of Jazzy. I, I went to iTunes randomly and saw her. Uh, she left a comment and she rated us five stars. Shout out to her. Spread the word. We are on Google Play now, and we are on Stitcher. So if you know anybody that needs to listen to a podcast um, via those apps, they can do so. I'm trying to get us on Spotify, but she's charging $18 a month. <laughs> From <laughs> I'm being very transparent. And we're just not there yet. <laughs> so now, when our traction builds... If somebody want to sponsor that... Right, if somebody wants to cover that 18 a month, just let me know. We'll be on there. (laughs) But no, we are on Google Play. We're on Stitcher. We are on Apple um, uh, Podcast. We are on SoundCloud, of course. Um, So please continue to spread the word. Tell a friend to tell a friend. If there's anything you want to see from us, please let us... Well, not see, but if there's anything you want to hear from us, please let us know. Um, Like I said, you can tweet us at growingupgay underscore on Twitter. Um, you can follow our Instagram, Grown Up Gay. Um, you can go to our website, grownupgay.com. I haven't posted anything recently, but I have a really good post, two really good posts that are up there. Shout out to Steph Don. Shout out to Shensia. Shout out to um, all the people that are in one of the posts that I mentioned. Um, I think that's it. Hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Hope you guys have a wonderful week weekend whenever this is that you're listening yeah and just be blessed be blessed you guys good night bye we back. all right so as you guys know last week we had a giveaway for the on the run tour two tickets for the atlanta show and there were some rules that you guys uh, had to abide by in order to win um, shout out to everyone that partook. It was a few people thank that, you, thank that you, thank uh, you. played. Uh, but we do have yes, one do. lucky winner. Um, drum roll, please. And the winner is... Woo! Justin! 
Shout out to Justin. Um, he uh, wins. So he will be at the On the Run Tour 2 with Beyonce. Um, Justin is A-H-K style on Twitter and Instagram if y'all want to follow him. Um, he's in the Navy, mm-hmm. but he like loves V as well. So uh, shout out to Justin. You are the first, our first um, Kudos giveaway to you. winner. Kudos. So shout out to you. And you'll be uh, at the, the On the Run Tour 2 with Y'all we'll need to have, like, take a picture together. Okay. Yes, and yeah. post it on the we'll, Instagram. That's what, that's what we'll do. <laughs> All right. Congrats, Justin. Bye.